1: awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show.
0: The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin because of Jesus. This is death to life.
1: Like you think about Jacob like wrestling with God. That's what I felt like I was doing like just out in the shed by myself like on a Saturday or just like some evenings or at night wrestling with my guilt. And I wasn't even wrestling with God. Like knowing that now I wasn't even wrestling with God. I was literally wrestling with myself. And man, dude, I just started to cry and break down because then it started to occur to me Oh, wait, I'm living in that passive ignorance. And this is Jesus calling me out of it again.
0: Yo, welcome to the Death of Life podcast. My name is Richard Young. uh, And today's podcast is with my guy, Michael Simpson. And this story's got a little bit of everything. Uh, It's got a lot of death. Uh, I don't know how to do these intros anymore. Caitlin. Caitlin. You're married to Michael, you know his story. You haven't heard the podcast yet, but what do you think's in this? What do you think this episode is probably about?
1: I think this episode is probably about his story about dying to himself and coming into freedom.
0: That sounds beautiful. Yeah. And and you were there for most of this story, so you had a front row seat. Was I it crazy?
1: Did. It was wild. It really was crazy. He's a different person now.
0: <laughs> what about you?
1: I'm a different, You're a different person. Different person? Yes, I am. That I love How it How beautiful is that? It's beautiful
0: <laughs> So uh, let's uh, let's just jump into the podcast uh, We won't step on it too much So uh, buckle up, strap in Love y'all Appreciate y'all Man, this is real talk God is letting on me Colorful and innocent That's on me Got me standing in the light And it's on me It's a new heart It's a new beat Michael, I don't know if we've ever really had a conversation. Like, I know we've lived... I mean, I lived in Lincoln for 13 years. And I think all of those 13 years you were living in Lincoln at the same time yeah. I was. Uh, but we didn't really run in the same circles. But, like, I knew who you were because of your mom or your dad in the in the community. I think I also know your brother... And so um, a lot of these episodes are people from Lincoln, Nebraska. So, hey, (laughs) shout out to Lincoln, Nebraska. They produce some great people. (laughs) Yeah, man. And, like, Addison is the one dude, like, he and I have nothing in common, but everything in common. Okay, we both like football. Besides football, we have have not a lot of stuff in common. But now in the spirit, we have so much in common. And and that's my brother. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to say that to say... I don't know where your story starts man. I don't know why, why where do you believe with your walk with who God is and your wrestle with all of that where do you think it starts?
1: Um so my walk with God definitely started at a young age growing up um Adventist. I am in an Adventist family. Um, my mom taught in Adventist schools. Um my dad, both parents were raised Adventist. So definitely and I always kind of call Lincoln, Nebraska, the uh, small Adventist Mecca, <laughs> because yeah. there's there's bigger ones all over the country. Um, yeah. So by growing up there, you know, Adventism was life. Um, so I started at a young age. Now, granted, you ask me about my young experience with God and Adventism in general. Um, I definitely don't remember much of elementary school. Right. I don't know what happened to my memory, bro, but it's gone. <laughs> bro, are you, your dad is a white dude? Uh, yeah. You wouldn't guess that seeing him probably, but yeah. So I'm like white or whatever. I call myself a mutt on that side cause I don't know what I am on that side, but yeah, yeah. I would, I would classify myself white. And then my uh-huh. mom's side was full Puerto Rican. Um, so, you know, I was, so we
0: have some commonality there. My dad is as white as they come with whatever's on in Europe. And then my mom is full Hispanic.
1: Yeah. Well, and growing up in Nebraska, like I'm one of those Puerto Ricans and I've met a lot of them recently that I know no Spanish, like none at all. Like (laughs) I can pick up on like some spoken word and know what you're saying, um, uh-huh. but that's about it. So growing up in Lincoln did not help my Hispanic culture. Like right now I'm in Florida and I'm teaching a lot of Hispanic kids and they're like, you're not Hispanic, bro. <laughs> uh,
0: so let me ask you this. If you don't like if, if elementary, you know, I feel like so many of us kind of grow up the same way, you know, with beautiful parents that love the Lord mm-hmm. and we go to cradle roll and we go to Sabbath school. We grew up in Adventist schools and we're learning and we're learning. But at some point, uh it has to become our own when would you say either it became your own or it didn't become your own like it stopped making sense
1: um i don't want to jump too far ahead i i can honestly say that probably my christianity didn't truly become my own until i experienced freedom like that's oh, that's wow. my full reality i am not i had a great christian upbringing i had great christian parents um, but I was definitely just walking. I was just walking the walk, man. Like I was just, um, on the outside doing everything that I needed to do. Um, but on the inside was just kind of floating. Like that's the best way I can describe it. I I wasn't a bad kid. I, I got into some like shenanigans at CBA. Um, so I, I, but I never really got into like, drugs or alcohol anything like that just more of like academy shenanigans uh around the school um but definitely I don't classify myself as like a bad kid like getting into trouble um right. but I never really had an experience I guess a low enough experience where I finally had to like come to terms with my Christianity and I think it was definitely a you know when you know in the Bible where it says like you're you're lukewarm, like you're neither hot nor cold. Like I was sitting high and pretty and comfortable in my lukewarmness. Like wasn't really on fire, but wasn't really doing anything that I would consider like, oh my gosh, like he's jumped off the deep end.
0: So let me ask you this question then. You're describing it as like you're floating by.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know if you knew you were floating by or if that's just what it was. Why do you think... And maybe you just answered it a little bit with you didn't have a low, low or a high, high. Why do you think you were just floating?
1: Um, I think there was things in my life, um, that I didn't want to come to terms with and, that things that I wanted to do, like Sabbath was a big thing. Like, I think there were things in my life, like Sabbath, doing things on Sabbath or not doing things on Sabbath, um, that I struggled with. And so like kind of floating by, I guess I didn't have to kind of at that time in my life, I didn't have to come to terms with the reasoning of, well, should I be doing this? Or should I not be doing this? Or um, I just liked floating because like, it didn't hold me accountable under um, what I've then was under the law in my own mind. It didn't hold me accountable as I was floating by but at the same time i was still attached just enough where i wasn't floating away does that make sense
0: i think what you're describing is shame and shame is not allowing you to confront yourself
1: yes yeah, yeah i wanted confr- to i wanted to block that out as much as i can and and i can see that throughout my younger self um high school both high school and college self and that's like kind of i would say where my story of my christian walk really like starts to hit home is is academy college and then my young adult life um so i was definitely like you know so many young men that have been on this podcast and i think a lot of young men across the world um I was coming up in the generation that had the internet at their fingertips. So you know what that means, Rich.
0: You For know, sure. here.com. <laughs> yes.
1: So I definitely, and, and I've heard some, some of the podcasts on you. Some of the guys have been able to point, I think Addison was literally one of those guys who was literally able to like pinpoint the moment that, uh-huh. that um, temptation and that struggle started with him. Uh-huh. I don't have that. My, struggle with lust and pornography started at a very young middle school age, but I don't uh-huh. remember when I, from as far as I can remember back, if I were to guess like maybe 12, 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, and it started out very innocent, but man, it turned into something that, uh, man had me in its fingers for a very long time and had me, um, very, I was ashamed of myself. Very, very ashamed of myself.
0: Um, when did you realize, I mean, a friend of mine was just telling me that their, their son had just seen it. Mm -hmm. And I think their son is like in the fourth grade or something. Yeah. And looked at a computer in the library at school. And there were these images and the kid comes home and like the whole family talks about it. And, Uh, I think inherently shame just sets in even when you don't even know like what it is that you saw and there's this weird combination of like the dopamine rush that you're just like, oh, this is crazy, but you don't even know anything. And so when when did you realize, oh, I don't want to do this, but I'm having a real hard time not doing it?
1: I think I always kind of knew. I always kind of felt shame in that. Um, Definitely in high school, uh, definitely in college. um, And I know definitely in high school because um, that's when it's you start it start. The light starts to go off that oh, the guys around me are probably struggling with this as well. And there were some that didn't care. They're like, this is a normal part of life. Um, But then there were some of us that were like, this didn't feel right. Like it didn't feel like something that we were supposed to do, especially because like it's not like, especially it's being taught to us at school and at church, like, hey, you know, keep yourself pure. Stay away from this. Stay away from that. Stay away from girls. <laughs> yeah. So um it was definitely something that like at high school was starting to become like, oh, you're struggling with this, too. Um, I remember our junior year we had. My class was specifically involved with it. We had a student teacher come down from Union College and he kind of started a spiritual revival uh, mm-hmm. at College View at the time. And it was it was really refreshing um, to have that come in. And at that time, a lot of a lot of us guys kind of came out actually during a Vespers at the College View Church um, in front of teachers, in front of classmates, in front of um just peers, uh, just putting ourselves out there. Like, yeah, man, I'm, we're, we're struggling with this. Like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. man, bro, I can't even count how many of the guys that I knew in high school that got up on that stage that night. And I was like, yeah, I'm struggling with pornography. And then it clicked. Like it starts realizing like, Oh man, like this is such a huge issue. Like you're struggling with it. I'm struggling with it. And then of course it kicks into like, okay, well let's start something to try and combat this. You know, let's start something to try and fight this in all of us. Um, and you know how that goes.
0: Fight the new drug or something like yeah, that? Yeah, fight
1: the new drug. Accountability partners, we were meeting yeah. uh, like on Friday, Saturday nights um, in, in different places to talk about it, talk about um, our successes, talk about, in our, failure, talk about our failures. Um, and it was a good experience in high school. But I think you know where I'm going with this, um, as a lot of things do. Uh, it fizzled out. Um, let me ask you
0: this question. Uh, did your standing in the community make you feel
1: more ashamed? I, I guess I don't think so. Like I can't, I don't remember having those feelings about like the, my standing in the community. So no, it was kind of a weird place, Rich. Like my mom was a part of that community a lot because she taught at, at Georgetown, which is the elementary school at union. Um, but she, we weren't going to CVC. We were actually going to a small church, uh, south of Lincoln. Um, Mm -hmm. so like we were a part of the community, like we actually lived half an hour outside of Lincoln. So like we were a part of the community at this time, but it was like, kind of like a weird, like, like off branch, you know? So I didn't feel that pressure from the community. And I guess I never really had that thought process. I more of just thought of the pressure of being a good Christian and of being a good Adventist, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's on me um, because I, you know, grew up, I'm not teaching Adventist school. So I went grades. I went <laughs> from the time I was in kindergarten to the time I graduated college, I went to an Adventist school. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you learn and not bad things, but there's a lot of expectations that I think, Students are just kind of start to apply themselves uh, based on what they see, based on how they're kind of, they're treated or people around them are treated inside of a any church community. I'm not just this isn't just on Adventism, but in yeah. any church community um, that then they start to apply expectations that they start to apply to themselves that turns into a burden. A weight that Mm -hmm. they're trying to live up to That they're trying to um, achieve You know they're trying to be successful And a part of being successful Is making it in an Adventist community So I didn't feel The I didn't that didn't necessarily bring Shame on it and back to that chapel um, I went home that night And talked to my parents and I think Like this is this is nothing Saying bad on them Um, I talked to them about it and I think It's just a generational uh, Difference like Their generation did like they had it, but it was so much harder to access and so and not as big of an issue as it has become in today's day and age. Um, Mm -hmm. that I think like and I don't want to put words in their mouths, but like maybe they thought that, okay, this is just a part of him growing up and they're he's just gonna, you know, grow out of it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, man, I I I love my parents with my whole heart and the nothing bad about them, but I don't think that they understand the struggle that I went to, went through. Um, and that's, that's not bad. It's just like, there's, there's some, some, something beautiful about not understanding that how terrible this drug is or whatever, Mm -hmm. because if pornography was cigarettes in, in the seventies, when my parents were growing up or in college, it's, it's meth now, you know, it's, it, it messes with you so much because of what it, how it rewires your brain, um, in a way that a magazine, it would take a lot more with a magazine, uh, to rewire your brain than with, you know, all the images that are at your fingertip within 30 seconds, you know? And so they don't understand it. And I was having a talk with my mom this week, and my mom is such a beautiful, like she has always walked this way about when older people look and they see somebody living in sin, I think they tend to be like, just get your act together, like figure it out. And my mom and dad were never like that. They they understood there was something deeper if something's making a mistake. But our our conversation was about how still people are like that towards people who are struggling in sin. And they don't understand the deception that somebody is in if they are struggling in sin. Uh, and I'm talking about struggling in sin, meaning you, Romans 7, you don't want to do it, but you're doing it. Not the someone who's just living out wildly, like and, and doesn't care. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's really tough that way. There is a generational gap between someone who grew up in the 70s and somebody who grew up in the 2000s with all the information and the technology. And it's it's scary as a mug, right?
1: Yeah, man. Like, I I even think about um, kind of the things that I had to grow up with and you were just saying about your friend and, and their child. Like, man, I thought I had it rough. Like, now I'm thinking about the kids that are coming up, like, and how much more they are going to be faced with, you know, like... They're gonna... Oh man,
0: when I was a dean, bro, I never wanted to take a kid's phone because I knew that if I took the phone and I would look through it, I would find out some heartbreaking stuff. And almost every time I had to take a phone because there was something going on, because I was the discipline guy and I would have to look through the phone, like I would realize how deep this kid was in whatever he was in, whether it was sexting, whether it was pornography, whether, whether it was just crazy conversations on the internet that i'm like you you're texting your friends this stuff and it was just so heartbreaking so i can imagine like as ev- as each day passes it's not getting better right no
1: no <laughs> um thankfully the news you know as bad as the world has become or is becoming um there's something greater coming out in it you know uh, no, and we're getting to that um so yeah like i that was kind of my struggle throughout um, high school, um, still trying to be a Christian, but living with this uh, problem, living with this uh, sin that I couldn't get rid of. Um, I felt like it was always going to be there, um, man. I, and I was even thinking before uh, the, la- the days leading up to this, I was thinking about a couple instances where uh, my my par- I grew up on like a very small farm acreage kind of thing so like my parents had a barn and stuff and man I remember going out and like on days where I felt the shame and the guilt really weighing down on me of that I didn't feel good enough or I didn't feel like I the things that I was doing was positioning me I know now was positioning me in a way relating to God that I would go out there and I would confess and like literally like you think about jacob like wrestling with god Uh that's what i felt like i was doing like just out in the shed by myself like on a saturday or just like some evenings or at night um wrestling with my guilt and i wasn't even wrestling with god like knowing that now i wasn't even wrestling with god i was literally wrestling with myself like if anything the only thing that i was wrestling with god was he was trying to free me from that like Mm -hmm. trying to free me from it. But I was literally just wrestling with the guilt and the shame and I was crying out, crying out and I would feel like better after it. But then the next day would hit and nothing had changed.
0: It's kind of like, and not to be, I guess we can be frank. I'm going to give a disclaimer before like each one of these, like you mess up, you binge out and look at a bunch of stuff you shouldn't look at and do stuff you shouldn't do. And the only way you feel like you can talk to God is like if you make a promise. Like your mouth can't even open to God because there's so much shame. And the only thing you can say is, I promise if you forgive me, I'm really going to try really hard. And until you get that out, right? Yeah. You can't even get to the rest of it because you can't even look at Him. There's the veil is so heavy, and you're just like, Well, if I start out with just a promise because I really feel terrible right now and I really feel all of this shame and, like, your body's just, like, so heavy, right? So just heavy. Uh, I mean, so many people are dealing with that, right? Yeah. So... Were there any answers in that? Did you have like some success and then more failure or, or like strategies or, or was it just like, nah, this is me.
1: I mean, any guy that's listening to this oh, and, and anybody, cause I know it's not just a guy issue um, either, but um, anybody listening to this podcast that has uh, struggled with pornography knows that yeah, there may have been a success for a week or two, um, maybe even a month, maybe string together a couple of months, but no, you would always end up back in the same spot. Yeah. And then, you go back, roll around in the barn a little bit more, uh, you know, praying, hoping that an answer will come, um, at least making yourself feel better that you groveled enough that you, you got some kind of forgiveness and were in, and able to walk out of there with your heart at least somewhat lifted. Um, but man, that was just a knowing, looking back now, that was just a, was that even a barely a band aid holding that together, man?
0: <laughs> oh, dude. No, nah, man, it was just enough to get us to to the next day so we could live a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so because yeah, if we wouldn't have been Christians, man, it would have been different because at least you wouldn't have had guilt and shame. You'd have just been dying and not knowing it. Uh, your whole mentality towards sexuality and women would have just been trash, but you wouldn't have known it. And I mean, it's still manifesting in all this terrible stuff. Yeah. But you just don't know the reason. I I think that's probably worse. I don't know. I mean it all I, sounds terrible. <laughs> it's
1: worse, but I guess you're a little bit more I don't know, real with yourself. I guess maybe. That's only if you call that good, that's the only good thing that comes out of it. Um, but honestly, now that you say that, you know, you're kind of if we if only we weren't Christian, I think that's the mindset that I started to have uh graduating from C V A and uh uh-huh. Going to good old Union College. Um, uh-huh. When I when I went started going to Union, um, that's when I think my relationship with God and even just caring about God uh, hit the lowest. Um, and I think you were actually working at Union when I was there, and actually let me just apologize for how I was as an Academy student. Cause I remember you coming into CBA and man, <laughs> we, we tested you so much and man, yeah, <laughs> you kept coming back. And we, I, I look back now, I'm like, man, you were just a little punk. <laughs> it's all good, dude. But, uh, would, go ahead. Would you say
0: that this relationship strain was on behalf of, God hadn't provided any answers like you didn't see that it actually had an effect on life like with your
1: problems that you were dealing with or what would you say I think so like I think that was a part of it like I kind of I I I wouldn't say that was majority of it but I would say a little bit of it I'd say like uh, well I I've had all these heart to hearts I've had all these um I felt like biblical moments where I'm crying out to God for my salvation and it was never coming um So I think that was a part of it that I was like, well, I'm done. Because honestly, like after high school, I don't remember having those kind of moments anymore of like, like trying to confess everything that I was to try and earn his forgiveness. That kind of went away because once I got to union, it it was like, I was done caring. Do you know what I mean? Because I wanted to, I knew that I wanted this, but I also didn't want to feel this way. So then I was like, uh you know what I'm done caring and I yeah, like the binging in the the dorm in college was it was bad, man. It was mm-hmm. bad. Because like you're finally on your own. No parents could walk in on you. Um, you know, you had a roommate, but you know, you know their schedule pretty well after the first couple of weeks. Um yeah, man, it it was bad. And like I had Chris I had God all around me because like Union had some amazing godly programs that they offered their kids Mm -hmm. um and I just I wanted nothing to do with any of that and like anyone that said like talks to me today and they're like do you went to union like what years did you go and I was like oh I went um from here to here and they're like oh I was there then I was like yeah you didn't know me because I was in my room or running around Lincoln I was not present on campus Mm -hmm. um I didn't participate in most only thing I really participated in was intramurals um Mm -hmm. Other than that, I was either out with my high school friends that were living in Lincoln still, Mm -hmm. um, or I was in my dorm room, um, Mm -hmm. just kind of participating in my own filth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And so as you're moving along, and I ask this question a lot, and I think I get similar answers, but it's still kind of like, there isn't any plan, is there? There isn't any, it's just kind of your, like to get out of it, it's just like, well this is life or
1: yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. There's just an acceptance to it. Like at that, at honestly, man, like at that point there was a, like I was done trying and I can also see that in my, uh, relationship as well. Um, I, I was dating, I dated on and off or not on and off. I dated consistently throughout high school. Um, Mm -hmm. which I, can somewhat say, thankfully, I was able to decompart. Help me out here. Rich. Compartmentalize. Com- yes. Compartmentalize the, the lust that at F in my early relationships. I, and maybe it's more just because of how new I was to relationships. Um, it didn't show immediately in those. Um, mm-hmm. but I did, I was a long-term dater. Like my first girlfriend, I think we dated like uh, two years in uh, high school and then I met my now wife in high school mm-hmm. and uh, dated her pretty much the rest of my time in high school and then throughout college with a little break in the middle. Um, But were
0: you dating your wife when this chapel came up?
1: Yes. And we're going to, that's going to come up. Uh, that's coming up, bro. Okay. <laughs> that's I want to hear up. about this. Um, so, Yes, I was dating my wife and she knew she knew about my pornography struggle um, and. Oh, there was a lot, man, like at this point, And I think she knew that I like I quit trying, but she's like, you know, hey, just I just want to know that you're trying to get over this. And I was like, OK, I can put on an act to show that I'm uh, trying to get over this. Um, and that's so let I,
0: me ask you this. Go ahead. Sorry for cutting you off,
1: bro. No, you're good. I just,
0: I, I just, um, when you guys are dating and this chapel thing comes out, did she know before, or like when you're walking up in this chapel and she's like, oh, I, I didn't know, and then you have to have that conversation. What was, was that like, like did a bunch of lies come on her, like the, the insecurity of, oh, I can't believe you're a part of this.
1: Did that hit her? No because honestly you just triggered a memory i actually was at that chapel but we weren't actually dating yet so we oh, okay. started dating uh almost like probably like three or four months after that chapel happened um mm-hmm. so yeah she knew about it but i don't think the conversation especially when you're early in a relationship um especially in high school <laughs> yeah you're uh just kind of walking on eggshells it's new you're you're you're, you don't are you want to like rock the boat too much and i think that's where she was at but as we go further on in the relationship yeah it starts to come up um and i would confess to her just like i would to god um to try and get it off my chest because i felt bad um at this point you know it was that being able to compartmentalize um was starting to get a little fuzzy as our relationship got, went on and on. Like Uh the, the need for lust was starting to be applied to her. Um, Uh and we never had sex, but I mean, we, yeah, yeah. you know, that line where we like, Hey, we're not doing it, but we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was definitely like, I was starting to apply that to her um in our early relationship but as our relationship went on it transferred back to pornography um heavily and that again now we're dating in college um i am failing a lot hiding it from her um saying that i'm not her catching me you know this is kind of the synopsis of it because this happened a few times um her catching me having a big old blown out fight over it um doing the whole groveling thing, doing the whole, I'm sorry, like I'm going to change, like reading self-help books. Like, bro, it was a spiral, man. It was a spiral.
0: Bro, shout out to your wife, Caitlin. And when... uh, You have
1: no idea. Like, well, I want to go there more, but yeah, shout out.
0: uh, But before I go on, uh, if you guys were in the same class in high school or a different class? She was a class
1: under me. So we were, I was always one year ahead of her.
0: Okay, she was the one who was a punk to me when I came to visit CVA. I just want to put that out there and she knows it. So, Dang, it. I hope
1: she, <laughs> Please- no, she,
0: she, she can dish it out so she could take it. She's, she, she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, she's fun. Um, So, man, that's, uh, that's really heavy because I think you're one of the the first ones that I've, that I've talked to that it's in the dating life. Like in the dating life, you're, you're trying to figure this stuff out. And it sounds like, well, I'm assuming now that you guys are married, it sounds like you guys really cared for each other. But there's this crazy thing that there's like a lot of lying going on and a lot of shame and a lot of her feeling really terrible and you feeling bad at first, but then, correct me if I'm wrong, being a little bit mad at her for being so upset about what had happened. Like, how did you guys navigate this on your way to... to,
1: eventually being married and in, uh, probably one of the most rocky, uh, (laughs) explosive (laughs) relationships, um, that you could, you would probably set eyes on. And I think we did a good job of hiding it like everybody else. Um, when there, you never know there's something going on in a relationship unless you're very, very close with someone and someone comes up and, and is vulnerable to you. Um, but man our early relationship was very we were we were very close like even back then like I can consider her she was like my best friend um but man rich we fought we For and sure. when we fought we fought hard um it was a very temperamental relationship we were fighting a lot um yelling at each other um
0: name calling
1: name calling uh, throwing guilt at each other, yeah, things yeah, that yeah. we had done to make the other feel bad that would tear the other person down. But man, we would always come together and fix it. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot, like you said, shout out to my wife, a lot had to do with, uh, my wife um, <laughs> <laughs> because Lord. yeah. And I can say this now, but like looking back on um, my younger self, I was not a good male figure to date, rich. Um, <laughs> you know, as a lot, I, kind of going into something else that I struggled with other than, cause I, it's not just about pornography, even though that's probably the biggest thing that I did struggle with that kind of uh-huh. kept me and affected my relationship with God, but definitely Um, which I think a lot of guys do struggle with as well is the need to feel um, loved or the need to, to have attention on you. So I was definitely someone that liked to have the attention of girls, Um, especially being an education major, man. Like the girls are all around (laughs) you. (laughs) So like I was great friends with a lot of the girls in my education class. Um, And I didn't, mean to do this then but i can see that i was doing it i can i can see what i was doing now um Mm -hmm. i always had and my wife was even one of these girls that like as i was dating throughout high school and throughout throughout college um i was always had someone else lined up on Mm.
0: uh
1: you know if if something didn't if if it didn't work out with the girl i was with uh i could always bounce to the next one very quickly um plus At the same time, being friends with all these girls, I was getting a lot of. Help me out. I was getting a lot of affirmation. Thank you. I was getting a lot of affirmation for myself, making myself feel good. So if I wasn't getting affirmation from my girlfriend at the time, I Uh would go to other people for affirmation. Um, And if you if anyone's listening to this podcast a lot, you know, that's something that I think a lot of human beings struggle with is getting affirmation from somewhere. Um, and I didn't need it from my guy friends, um, because we, we were just fools and we're just messing around most of the time. For
0: sure. for sure.
1: But definitely it was getting affirmation from girls. And if I wasn't getting it from my girlfriend, I had to get it from somewhere. Um, so I was making these friends with other girls that, I wanted that affirmation from them. I craved that affirmation from them, as well as my own girlfriend, but wanted to have a steady girlfriend at the same time.
0: So would you say that this is kind of front of your brain or back in there that you kind of knew what you were doing, but you would have a hard time admitting it to, admitting it to yourself because it's pretty foul, it's, like it's pretty messed up, so... You can't really admit that, but you're doing it somewhere back in somewhere. It's in the, pretty scummy,
1: Rich. Uh we could say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh early early college. So my first year of college, no. I it was in the back of my brain and I was just doing it because
0: it felt good. Yeah.
1: If it, it made me feel good. Um but then uh again, the tower of my relationship with uh Caitlin, uh That's my wife, if anybody's listening, Caitlin. Yeah. uh, Uh, Ended up falling apart that uh, towards the end of that last first year of college where she was tired of me. Like I went to a movie with one of my girl friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And my girlfriend, Caitlin, walked in. <laughs> they saw the same oh, movie, no. so like all of this stuff was starting to pile up. Um, and I like I kept giving Did you it guys s- fight in the theater. No, we fought after the theater. Um, w- what movie was it? Just for fun. What movie? Oh, do I don't even. Remember. She knows. She knows. It's one of the early Marvel movies. I guarantee you that. But she knows the movie. She's you like, ask Iron her- Man
0: two. You <laughs> took such and such to Iron Man two.
1: Yeah, bro, Sorry, You Karen. go ask her right now. Probably she probably knows. You know, she doesn't hold it against me anymore. Um, but she would know. Um, but so like, uh, yeah. And I'm just trying to get myself out of this and any young Michael, this is the way my young Michael got out of situations, mm-hmm. make excuses mm-hmm. and try and lie his way out. Okay. Cause You're a manip- you were a manipulator doc. Yes. I, I was very manipulative. So I, I wanted everything. I wanted it all. But I didn't want to accept any of the consequences and I didn't want to accept any of the, um, the shame or Not. like the, the, the title of being that kind of person. Cause again, I had a lot of pride. I thought I was a good person. Um, yeah. at this point in time, I thought I was a good person. So I didn't want to admit that I was doing anything wrong. Um, but then Uh, Caitlin and my relationship ends up coming to an end because of this, Um, because like literally I didn't want to give up. I was like, I'm just friends with these people. Like I'm not doing anything wrong. Like you're being ridiculous again, Mm -hmm. like gaslighting her. Unfortunately, like I hate saying it now Um, and I can say it in freedom. Like it doesn't affect me anymore, but still my wife is such a great person and I'm, I'm sad that I did that to her, but it doesn't have any impact over my life anymore. But gaslighting it's her... It's not
0: fun. It's not its not like uh, you and I can be like, hey, bro, we were crappy, self-centered husbands or boyfriends, and it's not like a badge we wear. Um, there's sorrow that we put loved ones or anybody, and we didn't love them the way yeah. we had actually been loved. Um, so there is a godly sorrow. Like, if I could go back and love my wife the way I've been loved... I, you know, in some ways I'm like, man, that would be so great because like she only deserves the best. Um, and it's because I've been loved. Like I can give her everything. Um, but then at the same time, we don't, we don't, we're forgiven. We're new that that guy doesn't exist anymore. That Michael, old Michael, like God rest his soul. You know, he died, uh, with Christ. And so, um... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's not fun, mm-hmm. um, but rest in peace to that dude.
1: Exactly, and I—that's a great way of putting it. I never have heard of that phrase before. Godly sorrow, like that's exactly what I have now, um, because there's no guilt or shame with that anymore. But yeah, mm-hmm. there's I, man, I could have treated my wife so much better, especially because we dated so long, and she had to live with old Michael for yeah. a very long time. Um, yeah, and I wish she could have lived with new Michael a lot sooner yeah so but yeah so we end up breaking up um was it because
0: of iron man 2 that you guys broke up or no was it just at all compound iron man
1: 2 compounding with other things like uh yeah there's just i'm not gonna go into all of it but like no no I, there was i was cheating emotionally on my girlfriend yeah so yeah there was just a lot of different things that added up that's piled up and then the tower finally fell in one huge last fight.
0: Let me ask you this question. Did you feel like, Oh, I've been found out. Like I am a bad person and the chickens have come home to roost. Or did you feel bad for yourself? Like, man, she doesn't understand this. She's over. She's blowing it over the top. Like, did you believe your own lies? Or were you guilt, condemnation, and shame?
1: At this point, Rich, this is why Like, I think my college years were some of the lowest of my life. Even though I I, th- I have really great memories from them. But they were uh-huh. some of the lowest of my life because I think at that point I was done caring. Um, Because I was. I had so much pride in myself that I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong. And I know in that last fight, I told Caitlin, I was like, I'm not doing anything wrong here, so... Like, get over it. Like, and then we start fighting back and forth. And then it was literally like, well, this is over then. This is over. Mm. Like, isn't it sad that I literally still, like, I, like, I still said to her because of my own, sh- my own pride in myself that I was like, you're overreacting. So I'm done with this relationship.
0: Yeah, man. But I think I've been learning this recently there's pride there but the shame is heavier and maybe the shame is what is not allowing you to confront yourself because you're still doing all of this stupid stuff and messing up dealing when dealing with yourself, when you're messing up is so hard because of the shame that you can't confront that shame. You can't confront yourself. And so you gaslight and you think that it's pride, but I mean I'm not really convinced maybe like,
1: no it's bro your story. honestly like no holy spirit sent me guys holy spirit sent me right now like it was like I can literally look back on that and and know that the shame was there because like you look at me we, when we talked about me in high school like there was shame for my actions I knew what I was doing was wrong but now at the point of I have pride covered shame that I don't want to admit that I'm doing anything wrong um so I'm I'm moving forward with the lies that I'm telling myself to make myself feel like a good person, to make myself feel good. Cause again, my, old Michael's all about affirmation and feeling good about himself. Um, so this relationship that is bringing me down about the things that I'm doing, uh, doesn't fit in, uh, in my life anymore.
0: So you guys break up, um, how i mean we don't have to go into your whole relationship you end up getting back together mm-hmm. for some reason either you guys really care about each other um, and pro- then you you move forward
1: probably just to give a little synopsis cuz i i think god is always working like always working even in your lowest of times like he's always there trying to reel you in you know he's always trying to uh-huh. reach out and pull you into himself whether you're aware of it or not um i finally dealt with the Issue of affirmation, at least from other girls, I dealt with that affirm. I dealt with those feelings because, yeah, I it sucked not having Caitlin. Like, mm-hmm. I went back to my dorm. um, Definitely started thinking about it. Definitely, like, I'd had breakups before, but this one hit harder than others. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was praying about it, like during this whole time, like prayer was something that was always there, but it. Only in in times, you know, lucky rabbit foot. I know a lot of other people Mm -hmm. that have a testimony say that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. When you need something, that's when prayer becomes more, I'm going to put quote unquote real. Mm. Um, But uh, praying about it, talking to people about it. And like, I felt like I had done the wrong thing. So I went back to her knowing that like, okay, if you're going to go back and, asked to try this again, um, you're going to have to change, like you're going to have to change the way you're living. Um, and I was happy that I did, like, I was able to go back and like, I had to, you know, probably didn't do that in the best of way either. So, but had to end some, uh, friendships with people, um, kind of like start to back off. There was still, there was still a couple of occasions that, that came up that still rocked the boat a little bit, um, mm-hmm. hanging out with other girls and stuff. Um, but other than that, I ever since we broke up and were able to get back together, I was able to change, work enough Mm -hmm. to adjust my behavior enough um, to actually have a somewhat more successful relationship. So
0: you're you're figuring out how the outside of the cup to how to clean the outside of the cup, if you
1: will, exactly. Yeah, I was. yeah, so
0: the surface level on the surface, like you're still, your heart's still dealing with a lot of stuff. You're still kind of in this wax stuff, but that's hard to figure out. But you know, like you don't want to lose this thing, so you can really try hard on the outside to make it look a certain way.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, that's something else that kind of comes up in my story. Is that I, you know, going back to the pornography in high school, going back to the self-help, uh, going back to I can do this work mentality. That's something that old Michael definitely struggled with. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with the listeners. That's a lie that cont- the devil continues to try and put on mm-hmm. me. I can just see that now as a lie that I can work to change something. I can work to fix something. Um I am, very, I am very good with my hands and I like fixing things. Um, I, I'm kind of a self-taught mechanic, so I fix my own cars and all that. So that mentality has always been there to try and fix things in my life, whether it's uh, physical or mental, um, mm-hmm. and not leaving it to the higher power that I should have been leaving it to.
0: Yeah, man. Victory is a gift, not a reward. Like, what Jesus has done for you isn't because you figured it out. He did it because he loves, and it's a gift. And if you think anything in your life you have achieved from you're just—like the American dream, right? Pick yourself up by your own bootstraps and and figure it out and work hard. Like, that is not Christianity. Christianity is like, this is what he did, and you receive it as a gift— it is not an it's not a reward it was not attained it has been obtained and the good news is it's yours the bad news is if you think you ever could have gotten it there was no chance
1: no chance
0: there was no chance you could like if it's a reward you would not have gotten the reward and if somehow you feel like you would have that's just called self righteousness yeah and Jesus has no time for self-righteousness, because if you have, if, if it's self-righteousness, guess what you don't need? Yep. Jesus. Yep. Because <laughs> you figured it out. Yeah. And so, like, if there's anyone listening and, and it's like, oh, Jesus has done all of this stuff, and so now I get to work hard, and no, Jesus has done all this stuff, and you have been crucified with him, it is no longer you who live, but Christ that lives in you and the life you now live, you live by faith in the Son of God. Yeah. So it is him the whole way. Everything is by grace through faith. Nothing is by your hard work.
1: Preach it's by faith, bro. man. And I can't yeah. wait to get to that in my story because whew, the difference that made. The difference that made in my well, life.
0: Well, well, let's keep going. So you you um you're I'm hearing all this and I think, man, you're a sincere dude that doesn't know how to get out of your way. It's like when I just said you were cleaning the outside of the cup like, it's not like you were like, oh, I tricked her again back into dating me. You didn't want to do it. And like, you're hitting a little bit of rock bottom and you're like, okay, I got to fix this mug.
1: I, Am I right? I didn't know how to love, but I loved her so much. Do you know what, that, you know what I'm saying there? Yeah. I, I did. didn't know how to love then, but I loved her a lot. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it just wasn't with uh, God's love. You know, unfortunately.
0: I'll say it like this. You really, really cared for yeah, her. Yeah. Really, really cared and, for her. Yeah. And uh, because if we're going to use the word love, like love is different than really, really caring about Preach, someone Preach, bro. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're right. So you really, really cared for her and you like you wanted her, but you didn't know how to lay your life down or, or deny yourself or any of that stuff. So. Yeah. So then what happened?
1: Um it was still, it was better. Our relationship got a lot better. Um, unfortunately my pornography struggles didn't get better. Um, so even though I wasn't seeking affirmation from these other physical women, I was still seeking affirmation and, um,
0: medicating,
1: medicating myself, uh, with pornography. So even though, there were some areas of my life that I could be honest about. Now there was still this big area of my life that I still gaslighted that I still manipulated that I still was lying about, um, throughout our relationship. Um, and of course a lot of the guys that have been on this podcast have said it as well. The biggest lie here is that marriage is going to fix it. (laughs) Yeah. It puts (laughs) a spotlight on it. It don't fix it. It doesn't fix it. Um, we were still fighting a lot. Uh, We were still having a great time though. Like we, we loved being with each other. We still had fun together. We still loved hanging out with each other. We were still fighting a lot. We were still caught up in what both of us were doing to each other. Um, Still casting shame and guilt on each other um, for the things we were doing and for the things we weren't doing. Um, Uh So it was, it was the, Worst of times, it was the best of times. You know what I mean, <laughs> um, man. But that's how we—that's how we did it, you uh-huh. know. And I think that's how a lot of couples have done it. Like listening to some of these podcasts and and talking to other couples just one on one. Like so, you think you're the only one when you're going through it. You yeah. think you're the only one, but then yeah. it's like anyone on this earth that you see walking down the street more than likely is struggling with something that you are either like you have struggled with. And that's why these testimonies are so good. They're so good because you're reaching people that are struggling with these same things, even though you're not thinking that in the mindset like that in itself is a lie. Oh, if I keep this to myself to make the outside of the cup look good, um, people aren't going to know who I really am. And that way, like I can preach Jesus to them by the way, the outside of this cup looks.
0: Yeah. No, man. Uh, hearing your story up to this point it sounds an awful lot like mine in which on paper my wife and I shouldn't have gotten married just on paper because like if you're just like adding it up like you're just hearing your story like you are not a guy that she should have married by how you're living in your like your heart right? No
1: and we both have come to that realization um I think in marriage before freedom we came to that realization I don't think divorce was ever on our lips like we weren't or even on our minds um but we had come to that realization that maybe we shouldn't have done this but again Dog that's can, heavy bro We can overcome anything if we work hard enough at it We can overcome anything
0: Okay, I don't know how far that is into your story because I want to talk about that, but you end up getting married. We how long up, you
1: get, uh, how, what year did you get married? We got married in 2017.
0: Okay, so you end up getting married in 2017. In help me out, like it's a good idea, like you guys really care about each other, like you're thinking, well, this this is what we should do. It's a good idea, like you love me and I love you and we're going to work hard to figure it out. Let's put this past stuff behind us and let's move forward, right? yeah. But that doesn't seem like it, it happened. No. Like after that.
1: No. um, Yeah. I ma- Marriage was more of the same. Um, I think now I had a reason to care about um, quitting pornography. So I think like the transition from not caring in college and just lying about it um, switched now to that shame we were talking about, that pride covered uh-huh. shame starts to come out way more. Because now I actually have a reason to, I want to stop. I want to stop doing this for my wife. I want to stop doing this for our relationship.
0: The guilt-free sex, that's what just came into my mind. Like you get married and now you can have guilt-free sex. And so that will take care of the pornography problem. But spoiler alert, if you're addicted to pornography, sex actually fuels your addiction to pornography. It doesn't lessen that. It just throws more fuel on the fire. Now, I'm not talking about those, like, if you're in Christ, if you're, like, if you're understanding freedom and you still are struggling with this thing, I may not be talking to you. I'm talking to somebody who is addicted, like, chemically, dopamine rush, and then sex actually pushes you back towards the thing that you are experiencing more of. Yeah. Yeah. And so the guilt-free sex doesn't actually solve any problem in that way. It does what you're just describing, right? Yeah.
1: Well, and especially when um, the pornography is affecting the occurrence of the quote-unquote guilt-free sex. Mercy. Because, like, I, she knew about it. She knew that this was a problem. She knew it didn't magically go away, even though I tried to act like sometimes it did. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I would still have to tell her. Um there were times that I still tried to gaslight in marriage where I was like, oh, I'm doing so well. Um, and then she would find out, of course, and huge fight. Um, come together. We're going to work on this. Repeat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and yeah. And and then, of course, you know, then we start to go into how that affects her self-image. Yeah. Because it's, it's destroying it.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, it says nothing about her at all. Nothing. It just says that her husband is in some trouble.
1: Her husband was in major trouble, and had, her husband had been in major trouble for a long time. And not to say that there weren't lies in her own life that that she had to overcome, um, but man, it was again that godly sorrow kind of hits. Like I was in some, I was in some trouble, Rich. Uh, yeah, you know kind of going back to that pride. I thought I was a decent person, um a good person, a decent Christian, um even though I didn't really I, I at from college on I didn't really care that much about it besides just keeping the Sabbath not eating pork and um you know. You you were in some right trouble,
0: stuff. bro, but but check this out. You, me, Addison, Tyler, Jayla Natalie Courtney name a person we're in the same trouble and that's this we were all dead in our sins and transgressions yeah we were all dead to rights like we were all and so I don't think I think people know what this podcast is by now if you're listening to this episode either you're on board or you're getting on board and you're understanding this freedom thing and maybe this isn't for you but if you're hearing the story and you're just like dang and you're not understanding you were just like like this is what Paul says to 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 Titus in Titus chapter 3 he says we were just like them we were do like when he's talking about the yeah. s- some gentiles that Titus is talking to it's like we can't forget that we were just like these people so we can't be angry but god but god because of his loving kindness like that he poured out on us That is the difference. And so I don't think I'm preaching to anybody listening to this because I think we're all here to hear the the redemption and the the beautiful part of the story. But if you're – we were all in the same dead boat. You know what I'm saying, bro?
1: And and everyone walks through it at some point in their own life. There are lies and journeys that they have to go through. And before Freedom and before listening to your podcast, Rich, as well – You wonder to yourself, oh, I don't have a testimony, but that's such a lie in itself. Like everyone has their own salvation story of what Jesus has done for them. They may not for sure. They may not know it yet because it's hidden by lies and they may not know it yet because they're walking in their death right now. Um, But once you know what your death looks like, your life is going to hit that much harder.
0: Yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I don't know what my story is. Like, I don't know if I've ever been dead. um, Like, the fact of the matter is that that's impossible. Mm-hmm. You were born into this thing. Through no fault of your own, both Michael no. and I, were we were born into it, and then we participated in it. So we're 100% on the line for it. Um, and I'm also not making any excuse for for participating in sin. Um I'm just pointing out that the way we look at people is so important. If, if we see somebody struggling and like, I was talking about this conversation with my mom earlier and how she looks at people. She can't, she doesn't look at people and and it's just like, Oh, what a screw up. Like we can't look at people that way.
1: Yeah. And I did like, as like, I would look at people like, again, hiding my pornography under a basket, Um, I would then go and quote-unquote righteously judge people for the wrong things that they were doing. In my own mind, I wouldn't necessarily approach them about it, but I I was doing it in my own mind.
0: Yeah. If you have a testimony of something that has happened or a life that has changed because of an understanding gleaned from this podcast, I would really love to hear it. Um, So could you please email me, richard at lovereality.org so that I I could hear this testimony and maybe get in contact with you? Because it's it's what we live for. It's what I love the most. It's why this podcast is here. So uh, email me at richard richard at lovereality.org. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. So you're going through this marriage thing. There's some some ups and then there's just downs and you're, the shame is is heavy. What yeah. happened next, man?
1: The, the, the shame is hitting hard, um, especially because I think I am, I think God at this point was starting to reach out to try and well, no, I know for a fact was starting yeah. to bring me home. Um, we had started having some worship, like yeah, like, yeah Bible study um, with her family, family of both of ours now because I love them just mm-hmm. as much. Um, yeah. But originally, her fa- her cousins, we started having Bible studies, mm-hmm. and for the first time, I think real realistically in my life, God was becoming my own. Because oh. even though I'd been attending church, I, now at this point in my life, I'd been teaching in Adventist schools. Um, God was becoming real for me because I was actually finally putting in the time to learn about my father. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, starting to reacquaint myself with God um, in a new way, in a powerful way that was making a difference in my life, um, but still was kind of under the influence of the lies. Uh, That I had put on myself growing up in um, any Christian denomination or in Adventism, you know, that I still had to better myself, that doing these Bible studies wasn't just getting to know God, but was also how I bettered myself to be a good Christian, um, Hmm. to be a good uh, follower of Christ, to be a son that uh, Jesus would have been proud of, you know, Um, the things that I could do to make that happen um but it's starting to i at this point he i'm finally starting to feel that pull of okay i'm sorry I, I can see it now that he's starting to bring me home through these bible studies with uh their cousins um so it was really anything that we chose to go down and and they were good they were good there was definitely still some they were still definitely tainted with some of the lies that um that I held over myself um but they were at least, finally I was starting to make god my own i was starting to make mm. that relationship my own mm. um at this point we had moved up to omaha nebraska where i got my first uh, teaching job um and caitlin was still in school um going back and forth to unl um so there was like it was a good time because like we had it finally married we had our own apartment i was working she was in school we had schedules going um we were getting along better. We still had some pretty um, throw down fights at this point in time, um, meaning uh, just words. Um, and but like it, you could start to see like because we were starting to have this, you know, kindling this relationship with God, there was it was starting to feel a little bit better. Um, you know, what wasn't feeling better uh, was my struggle with pornography. Yeah. So the shame was still very much a big part of my life.
0: So then what, what happens, bro? Where, where, where is this
1: headed? This is where life starts to come in. Um, (laughs) and this is where it gets good. So we are, my wife graduates UNL and we're trying to Mm -hmm. figure out, she wants to go into occupational therapy. So we're trying to figure out, okay, um, what's the next step for us? Like, I'm, I'm loving the job that I have. Um, I'm loving the school that I'm at. Um, I'm loving the people that I get to work with. Um, but we got to try and get Caitlin into college. Mm -hmm. So she starts putting out applications. Um, the first year, uh, denies all the schools end up, uh, denying her entry and that hit um it didn't hit me that much because like i was already kind of in my career living my living my life together but like my career was already going so like it didn't hit me as hard as it hit her as well as you know think about this guy that has already ruined her self image uh quite yeah. a bit at this point um now what kind of lies is she putting on herself about her worth about how smart she is about um whether she was even cut out for this, whether this is what God wants for her life. Um, And yeah, that led to a lot of hard conversations. Um, It led to a lot of sadness. Uh, It led to some fights as well. Um, But we just continue with the Bible studies. We continue um, learning more about God. Um, But then something kind of shakes up our our comfortable little world, at least our comfortable Christian world, because at this time Mm -hmm. we were going to church. We were appreciating going to church. uh, We were appreciating having these Bible studies. Um, But then out of left field, uh, something starts to buzz in our, the community um, about this group called love reality. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point it was quite a bit smaller, but there was like, you know, I know by this time, just, If you've heard these podcasts, I know like some there have been some rumors about Tyler's story. Um, There have been some rumors about a few of the people's stories that were coming out this time that were kind of trickling down through the Adventist community. And uh, we were all like, what? (laughs) Like, this sounds this sounds wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, this sounds wrong, but really didn't think anything else about it. Mm -hmm. Um, then it starts to catch on a little bit more with some people that we know. Um, we actually get our hands on this pamphlet that Love Reality put out that kind of goes through, um, lists out kind of your identity to Mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. And I got my hands on this. Caitlin and I both got our hands on this and bro, we... Tore that thing apart. <laughs> we ripped it apart. Not physically, but we... Yeah, yeah. With our uh, own biblical... <laughs> looking back at it now, it's just funny because we didn't even have that much of a biblical understanding. But with what biblical understanding we had, right, we put it down. Like, we... It was wrong. Like, what we were reading was not something Give that... Give me an could, example
0: of what was on there that you and what you guys were saying.
1: Um... Just that someone could be free from sin and not have to deal with any of the consequences of that sin. And that's, and that's not like, that's how we were taking that. that let me just say it that right. way. That's how we were taking that That's message. not what it said. That's yeah. not what it said. But that's how we were taking it. We're like, but what about justice? What about, uh, what about like having to, Go and ask for forgiveness and, and work to better yourself. Like this is too easy, cheap grace. We want nothing to do with it. Um, and especially me, like I growing up Adventists, like I, I had listened to so many sermons that I knew a lot. Was it my own? No. Mm -hmm. Um, but the things that I knew growing up, this didn't align with that. And it challenged that, and I hated that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
1: Um. So, if, if a matter of fact, Addison will love this. We actually took it down to Addison. Like we met, like with Addison. If, um, I actually uh, shout out to Addison real quick. Addison is one problem. of my best friends. Like him and I went through schooling from second grade and on, and. That guy and I are literally brothers, like his three brothers and my brother and I were family. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that like, of course, I'm going to go sh- like show this to my best friend. And yeah, we're going to we're going to rag on it together. I, I wonder. I think he, he probably remembers this. Uh, yeah, maybe sure not. But uh, so, yeah, I take it down to him and I'm like, look at this, man, like this is ridiculous. And we both sit there and we just pick it apart with our um, own self-taught superiority. Um, and yeah, left it at that. Just kind of kicked it to the curb, like you're never going to deal with that again. Um, so
0: you thought these people were crazy, and and they're they're kind of dangerous, maybe. I
1: thought, yeah, I thought they were crazy. I thought they were trying to tear something down that uh, I definitely stood for. That I I thought it, something was being threatened. That I had, um, and I wanted nothing to do with it, and I didn't want to see it succeed whatsoever. Um, they were threatening me, and in a way, they were. They were just. Threatening all the bad things in my life that I didn't
0: want to, have to yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, man. The good news is bad news if you're married to the old ways, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ooh, remember what you just said, Rich. Remember that. Because that comes literally what you just said comes up later on okay, in my, I'll remember it. In my journey you. to freedom. Um but yeah, so we kinda kicked out to the curb. Uh still caught up in shame, guilt, dealing with our marriage, trying to fix our marriage together. Um, trying to get into occupational therapy school, which was stressful in itself. Finally, because of Bible study, because of kind of I think hitting rock bottom with uh OT school, we were finally like, you know what, God, take it. Like I it was before Love Reality that my wife and I were finally like, you know what? We are living a comfortable life like we have nothing to complain about. God has provided for us so much already. Like you get into OT school or you don't this year. It doesn't matter. So Caitlin had applied for a place in Omaha, a a Loma Linda in California Mm -hmm. and at Advent Health University in Florida. So she applied for those three schools. Slowly but surely, the one in Omaha doesn't work out. She finds out about the one in Loma Linda. Doesn't work out. After we find out about the one in Loma Linda, we hear COVID is now starting to ramp up. We had are just actually like coming back from spring break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trying to get twenty twenty. I'm trying to get the time for when when did the first zoom happen? Do you remember?
0: Well, March twenty twenty is when it starts. And the first Zoom might have happened in early May or something like
1: that? Yeah, that sounds about right. So we were actually out in Chicago visiting those cousins that we were having Bible studies with. And it was good conversations out there. Um, Definitely growing in our relationship with God. Definitely learning to trust Him more because we had kind of finally hit rock bottom and we're trusting Him with whatever was going to happen. Then COVID hits. She loses her job. I lose. I don't lose my job, but I'm not teaching in school anymore. Like we're teaching online, which was whack in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it literally happens that we finally put it in God's hands. April, early April, she gets an acceptance letter from AHU in Florida mm-hmm. saying that she got accepted. So the world is falling apart around us V mm-hmm. COVID wise, yeah. but at the, fr- like not because of her getting accepted. I really think because of us starting to have that relationship with God, this was one of the best times in our marriage thus far, or even in our relationship thus far, like you think being locked up, uh, for March, well, April and May, June being locked up together in the same apartment was going to wreck. like, If you've been listening to the story at all, you're like, their marriage (laughs) is going to end being locked up in the same apartment for the next three months. It was beautiful. Like, we loved being together. We fought less. She found out she got accepted to to AHU. God was doing a work and preparing a way for us that we couldn't have even seen or understood months prior to that. Hmm. Because we were caught up in the lies that we had to do something in order to make our lives work. Hmm. but yet God already had a plan for us and he was paving the way from us. Um, there was a lot of feels in my own life because as a born and raised Nebraska boy moving to Florida was definitely not something I ever had imagined. Um, so there was a lot of feelings that I had to work through with that and kind of asking like, well, God, is this really what you want? And kind of doubting and kind of not having faith. Hmm. Um, but then love reality pops back into the picture and they're having these zoom meetings um, uh, Caitlin, one of Caitlin's best friends, Lindsay Fondrick is like, you know what? I've heard some good things about this group. I, I love
0: Lindsay Fondrick. Yeah. Shout out to Lindsay. Fondrick. A lot of people love <laughs> Lindsay
1: Fondrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's great, but she reached out to Caitlin. And she's like, listen, if you guys aren't doing anything, we're, we're in our apartment. We're not doing anything. If you are, aren't doing anything, they're actually hosting this, uh, zoom meeting that they're doing online because of COVID. She's going to attend. Caitlin and I were already like kind of like "Mm," about this. At this point, Caitlin was like, you know what? Like, I think Caitlin had grown enough and was listening to the Holy Spirit enough at this point that she was able to finally hear the Holy Spirit calling her saying like, hey, I got something to show you. Like, come Hmm. come see this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, but I had no excuse to get out of it. Was Ad-
0: Addison wasn't all in on this yet, was he? No, and okay, cool. That, I'm glad like,
1: it. we're going, we're getting to that too. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. So, we attend the first night of LRT. That's wild v- that, y- via that Zoom. you
0: you attended just based on your wife's hearing of the Holy Spirit,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's all it was. Like, it was literally her hearing the Holy Spirit through Lindsay Fondre, kind of like because that's how we knew about it. Um, because like, if it wasn't the Holy Spirit working on Caitlin. We never would have attended because we had already had this negative thought process about love reality. Sure. Um, yeah. If you if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, "Oh, he's coming into freedom," this story's not over. Um, <laughs> there's still a bit to go. So we stay. We attend the first night, and first night, I've listened to them in so many different orders. Help me out, Rich. First night is first night is uh, uh, Romans six freedom from freedom sin. from sin. That's what I thought. Yeah, definitely having a problem with it. I'm like, no, no, this 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 is this is not it. This is not it. So but- when, when
0: Romans six seven says the the if the one who has died <laughs> has been set free from sin, when he's explaining that, like I think in the first night, he usually just gets to Romans six seven. He doesn't even go further than that. I, I don't think um, so. When that when he's reading that, you're like. Mm, but like how did that hit uh
1: it's i think it looking back at it now like it did hit a little bit because like it's in the bible i'm like (laughs) um hmm this is a little awkward how do i deal with this um but i still was of the opinion i went into this meeting with the preconceived ideas that this was not of god so i didn't Mm -hmm. want it to be of god so like I was stuck, I was being stubborn, is really what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um night two hits a little harder because that's your identity as son and daughter in Christ.
0: Yeah. Luke 15.
1: <sighs> that hit a little harder. Um knowing that I could be something, it didn't hit all the way. If I'll get to what hit it. <laughs> I'll get to what uh-huh. hit it home. Um No, seeing a different perspective on just the story of the prodigal son, because I'd heard that story preached so many times and related it to my own life. You know, let's go back to me in the barn, trying to be that son, like, Mm -hmm. like trying to get the father's love, trying to get the father's forgiveness, trying to earn that myself by concocting the story that hit because that was relatable and it's relatable Mm -hmm. for everybody. That's why Jesus told it. but that hit, and I was like, "Now, like that freedom from sin aspect." I'm like, "Well, how can I ignore this if I'm this, you know?" But at this point, I was still kind of like, "It was I could at least admit to Caitlin by the second night that 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 was good. Like, I can't, I cannot say that it's good. Like, I got a yeah. blessing from that. What um, did Caitlin say? Was was she, was she vibing with? She it? She was vibing from night one. I, I she. At least from my perspective and thinking back on it, I felt like she was vibing because she was like, we're going back to night two. After night one, I probably wouldn't have gone back, but she did. So again, Uh COVID stuck in an apartment, had to watch. Um, But yeah, (laughs) night two hit um, at least halfway. It got me halfway there. But then night three, um, Adam one and Adam two. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan starts going into it. And literally, I'll always remember this. And this is this is the part where I wanted you to remember. How can you be married to what your your dead? The
0: good news is is bad news if you're married to the old. Yes,
1: Regina. he Jonathan is preaching Adam one and Adam two. Our identity in Adam one is no longer true for us because we're free from sin and because of who we are. That Adam one is now dead to us. So how mm-hmm. can and then he goes into explaining that Adam two is living a life in the spirit, living a life through Jesus and what he has already accomplished for us. Mm-hmm. And then he literally said, drew up the people, Adam one, Adam two
0: mm-hmm.
1: side by side.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he asked this question, how can you be married to the one woman, Adam one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And to Adam two, mm-hmm. one of these two women have to die. One of these two women have to die, and bro, that floored me. Like I don't know what it was about that. Like I can't even say to this. No, I do know. I was I was married to Adam one. <laughs> I was li- <laughs> I was married to Adam one. Um, it clicked so hard, and that's when all preconceived ideas left. Like the Holy Spirit washed over me, cleansed me. Uh, literally. I was ready. I was wow. ready to die man like i i I didn't know that I was ready to die at that moment, but in that looking uh-huh. back, as soon as those words came out, I was ready to die and and Tyler was actually leading our <laughs> um right I think it was Ryan millsap, I think uh-huh. that's right he was that's leading one me. of the breakout rooms, and I was actually started the the we actually started in that breakout room, but for some reason um. There was a mix up and I got placed in. It wasn't a mix up. The Holy Spirit made it happen. Not that Ryan would have gotten me there, but um, I got put in Tyler's breakout room that night and I, it had to have been on my face, bro, that I was struggling with dying to Adam one because Tyler was like, bro, you okay? Like you good, man? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not good. Like, and so wow. he's like, Hey, stay on after like, uh, like I want to, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about this. And, uh, I got on with Tyler after that and I spewed it. Like we prayed, I put to death the pride. I put to death my lack of faith. I put, put to death my, my needing to work for it. I put to death, um, being addicted to lust, all of that stuff. I, I died to, I died to that. Um, and man, when I, when I came out of that water, I actually, I like to say when I came out of that fire, I was a new person and I was on fire. I was Uh, I was lit, man. It was, it was the best feeling I've ever had. Like I had had like very similar. And I know now that I had had instances of the Holy Spirit having a physical manifestation in my life where I was literally like shaking, like Mm -hmm. uncontrollably. That was it. Like the Holy Spirit was living inside of me fully for the first time in my life. Wow. So powerful. It was so powerful. Um, And man, I... It's it's like a birthday, like you literally think about it, you know, right where I don't remember the exact date, um, but I do remember where I was. I do remember who was around me. I do remember like the apartment and just the feeling of it. And like when I got up from that, I remember the feeling of how I felt in freedom, in freedom.
0: It's like the shame was released, huh?
1: Yeah, it was released at least at least for a little bit. It was released.
0: So Caitlin's there. And she's seeing you kind of go through this. What what
1: did she say to you? But she was just happy because I think our, like, I think we were on the men's, like, I think our, our marriage was through COVID. Like, I don't want to say COVID was a good thing. Like, it wasn't a good thing. It was it a lot of people died and a lot of people got sick, but it definitely had an effect on our marriage in a positive way, just because of wherever we were with, at with God, where we are finally coming into freedom and understanding who we were and understanding that, This shame and guilt, at least me, this shame and guilt doesn't apply to me. Her seeing that what I do doesn't have any effect over her worth at all Mm -hmm. anymore changed. Like our marriage was, (laughs) not only did the old Michael die that night, our old marriage died that night. Because my wife was right beside me dying at the same time. Wow. And this is just
0: three nights in and... If you're listening if you haven't seen um, heard the Adam one Adam 2 talk it's taken from Romans chapter five I think it's first verse 12 or 14 all the way to the end of the chapter where Paul is talking about uh, comparing and contrasting the first Adam and the second Adam Jesus Christ and as you get through the, the to the end of the chapter you realize that the only thing that they have in common is that the name Adam. But everything that belongs to Adam to Jesus is righteousness, um, justification, um, and then everything that re- 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 goes with the first Adam is condemnation, death, all of these things. And then at the end, Jonathan or whoever's preaching is like, you're in Christ, you're in the second Adam, you're in Adam too. all that goes with the second Adam is belongs with you and everything that belongs with the first Adam you're no longer in.
1: And you're receiving
0: this and you're like, oh, I've been either going back or forth or just been an Adam one. That is not who I am because of my belief in Jesus.
1: Because who I am as son, uh, because of what he did. It's nothing that I can do. It's nothing that I could do to to be son. Like Jesus already counted me son before I was even born, before I even was a thought in or even before I was a thought in my mom's womb, like before I even existed, period, I was already his son. He had already predestined me for son and something he'd done thousands of years before.
0: Yeah, he's predestined us to be holy and blameless before him. And uh, so many people don't see that because they just see our birth into Adam, the first one, but they don't see that before that like, that's how God has always seen us. Like, that's who we are to him. We're not—we're lost sons and daughters, not some thing that isn't worth saving or yeah. I don't know. However you want to say it. So that night, the night three, what what, what happened after that, man? What was going on? Did you continue? I remember yeah. seeing you and Caitlin show up. Yeah, because I think I was hosting the, the the meeting, and I saw your little face in the in the Zoom, and I'm like, oh wow, there's people I know oh, this is so cool. Uh, and, and whenever, when we were doing those zooms, I think we did five or six. I don't remember how many we did, but whenever someone I know would pop up on the screen, I'd be like, oh, and I would just like, watch your face. Like, yeah. Are, they, are you they receiving this truth?
1: You, you knew, you knew it was probably coming. You knew it was yeah. a matter of time.
0: Oh, I was praying about it. Yeah. I was praying, man.
1: Man, it was, it was so good. And like, Ah, oh, the joy! Literally, the joy. Even me thinking about it now, uh um, oh, it's just—it's such an amazing memory, and it's something that I'll remember to the day I die. Of like finally realizing my true identity as son, and how good my father actually was. Wow! So, man, it—that's why it's called freedom. It literally sets yeah. you free.
0: Mercy, but so you kept. You kept coming back to the, yeah. the stuff or
1: we can we came the rest of that time. Uh, I think there was three zoom in total. So we came back that time. We came back the next time. Um, definitely was vibing hard the second to uh, go around, um, getting involved in the breakout rooms, like talking to people about it, like, you know, sharing some of the testimony that I had, um, in those, uh, breakout rooms. And oh, it was so good. It just, it just builds you up so much. Um, and then we went to the, attended the third one. Um, but then, uh, something happens and we were talking about my best friend Addison Yeah, and, uh, bro, I don't know. To this day, I think it was still pride in me that I Mm. didn't want to share it because like I should have, I shared it with everyone else. I didn't Mm. want to share it with my best friend because I didn't want to admit that I was wrong about something that I had previously uh, gone to him and said, bro, this is, this is wrong. Yeah. Um, so definitely still dealing. and I mean, anyone that comes into freedom, like everyone's path in freedom is different. Everyone's. Um, so like there are going to be lies that you're going to have to continue to put to death. Um, unfortunately there were some lies that I didn't keep putting to death. Um, that kind of, came into effect that summer pride still being one of those things that I didn't want to admit that I was wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. because maybe if I had shared it with my best friend, um, I wouldn't have kind of fallen. I didn't, you can never fall out of freedom, but I definitely Mm -hmm. lost sight of who I was over that summer Mm -hmm. because through COVID through Caitlin getting accepted to, uh, uh, college in Florida, we had a big move ahead of us. And literally Mm -hmm. God parted the waters to Florida, man. Like when I say God literally provided the money, Mm -hmm. uh, provided the college, provided the money to move, provided the a job down here right away, like provided our house down here for us right away. Mm -hmm. He split the waters, split Mm. the waters. And we saw it like coming out of freedom. We saw that we were like, man, God is working so much in our lives. But you know what happened, Rich? Tell me. We got comfortable. Mercy. We got comfortable and we lost. We were Israel, man. We were out of, we were finally out of bondage. We were, we were carried into freedom, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: carried down to Florida, but delivered to Florida by God. Parted the Red Sea. Parted the Red Sea, got us to Florida. And then we got comfortable in our freedom and lost sight of who we were, especially me. Mm -hmm. I don't think Caitlin did as much. Um I I still had it like I you you can never lose freedom once you know it like I I don't see how you can um right. but definitely lost sight of who I was. Um uh porn was like that struggle with pornography definitely got a ton better after freedom. Um but when I started to lose sight of like who I was, definitely kind of fell back into it a little bit. Um and then like then Caitlin gets into school she gets busy. I start school I get busy uh-huh. and a new school so of course that's um in a new conference in a new state there's a lot on yeah. like there's a lot that comes with that yeah, so I'm driving home one day in my in my stewing in my comfort level mm-hmm. um and i I get a call from addison mm-hmm Hadn't been, hadn't really had anything to do with, uh, love reality, um, for a little while. Um, really, and there's, hadn't really like been studying as much as I was like right out of freedom. Um, definitely Mm -hmm. still was like for you, once you have that experience, it changes your life forever. You're never going to be the same, but Mm -hmm. I definitely wasn't moving in a way that God
0: you were falling back to former patterns of yes. ignorance. Yes. I think Peter would call it. There pattern. you go. Former patterns of ignorance. Yeah. There you go.
1: So I'm driving home from work one day. Addison gives me a call. And he is on fire for like the moment I like I've known this guy my whole life almost. Uh-huh. Spent more time with him than E, at this point in my life, maybe I spent more yeah. time with my wife, but at that point in my life, I still yeah. had spent more time with Addison. Yeah. Um, So I know him so well and he was on fire for something, which doesn't surprise me because like Addison gets excited about a lot of things. And so yeah, I was right. like, all right, like what's he about to tell me? Like he sounds excited. And then he starts saying, I don't know exactly how the conversation went, but I know that he was like, bro, you know you're free from sin. When I say a truck hit me, Rich, when uh-huh. like we he started talking about freedom from sin and identity of son, uh-huh. it hit me like a truck. I, at first the immediate because again, like you said, I'm in former ignorance. The shame and the guilt washed over me, uh-huh. and I was like you didn't even share this with your best friend, man. Like, and now here he is like, he's found it. And now like, and now you're going to have to admit to him like, yeah, bro, I've been, I've been on that for, um, you know, months now. And man, dude, I just started to cry and break down because then it started to occur to me. Oh, wait, I'm living in that passive ignorance. Mm-hmm and this is Jesus calling me out of it again cuz Addison mm. literally rich I had I known all of this I had had it for a while now mm-hmm. but Addison started preaching it to me again and mm. like you can't die twice but I kind of did like <laughs> baptized by the holy spirit all over again man like my, my so you didn't friend. know that he was on this. thing. I yet. did not. Kn- I we had so Addison and my relationship ever since we kind of gotten married. It's kind of hard because like like you never know how relationships are going to work out after you get married. You know, like mm-hmm. are you still going to yeah. hang out with people? Are you still not? You know, does it change the dynamic a little bit? And it did. It changed the dynamic, especially when you're living in um, your old self. It changes the dynamic a bit. And so like we always hung out. We still we didn't talk on the phone as much, um, but we still would hang out. We still see each other during holidays and stuff like that. Um, but our relationship had definitely taken a back seat, especially because I'm a terrible communicator, um, especially over long distances. So mm-hmm. our relationship had kind of it hadn't died away, but definitely had fallen by the wayside maybe a little bit. Um, so he, him calling me wasn't like something that wouldn't I wouldn't have expected but I hadn't talked to him about love reality at all I had not talked to him about it at all I had not talked Mm -hmm. to my family about it at all because I was still living in that lie of pride and Mm -hmm. what they were going to think of me because like you know it, so that's this,
0: pride for sure, yeah. That's the that other for thing sure. that we were talking about was shame, yeah. This is pride,
1: yeah. So, like, what they're gonna th- because at this point, it started this has started to after like at those Zoom meetings, like, people in the community were starting to get wind of this, and it wasn't seen as a good thing, um, at least in the linking community um by a lot of people so yeah there was pride and shame and like i didn't want people to see me in a way that i knew like they didn't like it so i knew that they weren't gonna like me being on board with it and so that's why i kept it hush hush like i i think i talked to a few people in omaha about it um but again that omaha community is kind of removed from the lincoln community so i felt i felt safe doing it there Um, and I was sharing it with friends that were other friends that I wasn't as close with, but my family and like Addison, my close friends, I was keeping it to myself because I was scared of what was going to be thought of me. And so he starts preaching this life over me, rich. And I, then the lies start to hit me or the truth about the lies that I've been living in start to hit me and it becomes real all over again. Like, Mm -hmm. You, ha- you almost have that re-falling in love. I-, I still was in love, but it was just, I think, I, th- if anything, like those final lies that I had kind of gone back to died at that moment. The lies yeah. of pride, the lies of shame.
0: I I think that what you've experienced isn't strange. No, I don't think it, so at it, all. And it happens when this happens. It happens when God becomes, like, if he's not a part of your life, you know, maybe he is in name, but not in actuality. And then you hear this truth and now God becomes a part of your life. It's kind of like, and I always mess this up, the sower who's throwing the seed and sometimes it lands on, I don't know if it's the thorny or if it's the dry that it takes, like, it's there for a little bit, but doesn't yeah. have enough to take root. Yeah. And I, I, I think about it a lot, so I ought to find out where, what it is. But that but that happens when it's a part of your life. It can't be a part of your life. It's either your life or it's not. Like you have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer you who lives but Christ lives in you and the life you now live in the flesh You live by faith in the son of God. It's either like a completely exchanged life, not even like a change. Like Mm -hmm. old Michael didn't change. Old Michael died and Jesus and Michael are now united. Mm -hmm. Like it's either that or like, yeah, well, this is convenient and that's easy. And this is that. And then we're just back in the same old, same old, right?
1: Yeah. And it, it was the same old, same old uh, with certain things, like some things that definitely like me dying to that night, that first night, um, pornography being one of them, that was like, that was it, like my battle with it had gotten a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, th- like it was still there, but like mm-hmm. it ha- I find for the first time I finally seen. I don't know, I finally seen a change. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, and, and now that I look back on it and I've, I've had this conversation many different times with many different people, how much more so like, like you, when you're talking about the different kinds of soil, Satan is literally trying to put things in your life to help you become those different types of soil. So like, like our move to Florida is kind of like, I don't blame it for it, but that that was definitely something. And all these new things are happening that Satan was like, here, like, I want you to be fully integrated with everything new that's going on in your life. That you forget about being fully integrated with God, because like I would say, but like even into our early move into Florida, it was I was living fully integrated with Christ.
0: Man, that's it's what you're saying is kind of profound. Where the enemy is trying to get you to be different kinds of soil, and not the soil that it grows well in
1: yeah and once like I started understanding like once I started understanding who God was and started learning about God, the Holy Spirit and God started teaching me about things that Satan would do in my life to drive a wedge because that's his goal is to drive a wedge between us and and christ and and not all of it's like bad, like not all of it's pornography, not all of it's a drug, not all of it is like gambling like any of these things that you can think of that like a normal Christian would look at and say, oh, that's really bad. It can mm-hmm. literally be just your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your kids. They're good things, but if it takes precedence over what Christ is supposed to be in your, in your heart and in your life, mm-hmm. it's going to drive a wedge. It's mm-hmm. going to drive a wedge. Um, and even something that I truly believe God provided, Satan used that to get us like distracted so mm-hmm. that God wasn't fully a part of my life. So yeah, then I turned into the soil that was like, yeah, like it's kind of rooted and I'm going to kind of water it a little bit, but it's not going to fully grow and take root in and, and, and make a lifelong change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but yeah, Adi- anyway, back to Addison, like he's preaching over, like he's literally preaching the lies that he has had. He's literally preaching the lies that I'm having. I'm conf- reconfessing lies that I had, reconfessing. Lo- now confessing lies that I can see like uh, my pride and my shame for not telling him Um, confessing the, the lies of like feeling guilty that Addison that I didn't share this good news with Addison Um, Mm -hmm. like all of that. We are confessing together um, and he's helping me kind of finally get the rocks out of my dirt, like finally Mm -hmm. start to remove the, the last remaining things that I was kind of holding on to to move forward in my walk with Christ, to be bold, Hmm. to be to stand up for my God, to stand up for my father, to stand up for who I am as a son and to tell other people that they can be this.
0: Hmm. You know,
1: and man, dude, when I say like relationship transform, I had a brother in Addison this whole time, like he's always Mm -hmm. been family and I know he'd always do stuff for me. I have a crazy, crazy deep brother in Christ in Addison mm. now, because now that we're both in freedom, bro, your relationship can just go so much deeper, so much stronger. Like it's real. It's, it's actually re- about yeah, real things. yeah. That's perfect. It's real. Like I've known this guy forever, and it like it felt real. But like yeah. this wasn't in it. God wasn't such a huge part of both of our lives, so. It wasn't real. Our friendship hadn't, hadn't,
0: it didn't have Christ.
1: Level. Yeah. Our friendship didn't have Christ at the center of it. So of course there were going to be things about our friendship that we would always kind of look back at and, and would cause strife, you know, and even though it wasn't outward strife, it, you know, there were things that we both would do to frustrate the other person. But now that Christ is at the center of both of our lives, now it's at the center of our friendship. How crazy has our life transformed from there?
0: Wow. Like,
1: man, my friendship with him is, the only thing I can explain it, is literally my, like, a God-given friendship that I now have with Addison.
0: No, man, it's, and it is what the church is. It's what the body of Christ is. Yeah it's so beautiful that we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to be there and exhort yes. each other in the truth. And um, now to have that kind of friendship, um, that's, it's it's where it's at, man
1: yeah and it's so, so good. it's so good and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that like kind of like spending time in secret place, I was kind of thinking like you know where do i like try- just trying to like let the Holy Spirit put ideas onto my heart about what I wanted to bring out in this podcast mm-hmm. and that was one of them um because i the just because we believe in a supernatural God sometimes, but we don't want to believe in a supernatural Satan. And just because like we are now living in freedom and we are we have been given tools to fight the devil in a more powerful way than ever before doesn't mean that these lies and and these previous ways of living aren't going to try and come back into your life. Satan's going to take shots with those lives. Yeah. But that's why, you know, number one, knowing who we are, fully rooted in Christ. Being able to call upon that and in secret place time, when you're driving down the road, when you're at work, just calling that down, like in faith. And that's something something that I've had to grow in, putting it on in faith and knowing that it's on, not that I have to go read my Bible to and don't. Am I about to quote Jonathan? Should I not say that? Don't hear what I'm not saying. (laughs) Yeah, I'll let you say it. Don't do that. Like reading your Bible is amazing, but I used to read my Bible to get something back. Now I just read my Bible to learn about who God is and to learn about my father. I can just call down anything from my father in heaven right now. And I have it. I don't have to go to the Bible for that because he wants to give gifts to me to deflect the lies that the devil is going to put into my life. And then the second thing is that when those lies come up and man, like, they're going to get you once in a while. That's the reality. Like, and when you're starting to feel that shame and guilt, start to work back into your life because it's going to, it's going to sneak back in, go to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Like Mm. Addison, I can go to him and I can tell him a lie that I've been confronted with. And a lie that I've been like kind of letting take that, that weed, letting that weed take root in my life in the form yeah. of a lie about myself. And he's like, nah, yeah. bro, like, that's not who you are. And the same way I can do that for him. This even more so going back to my wife. Um, yeah. How much more in both of us in freedom, can we be brothers and sisters in Christ and yeah. reach into reach down and pick each other up from the lies that we're dealing with? Like uh, to just be honest with the listeners, I, like, I I don't want to say this in a like a negative way because my relationship to sin is dead. Like I am not captivated by it anymore. It doesn't hold guilt and shame over me anymore. Um, I don't have to even like be trapped by it anymore because of what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. But when sin, like when sin happens, or when it comes up, if you fall, and, if you yeah, stumble. you fall, you stumble you the the temptation that satan is trying to get you to believe is that immediately that you're not good enough and that's not true and how like I have fallen and stumbled mm-hmm. with pornography since freedom mm-hmm. my wife I can now go to her and tell her because of freedom not not shameful or guilty I can go to her to reach out to her for uplifting because she does like, like I'm like just some, I think like a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, literally going down. Like I, I had fallen and I was feeling pretty down about myself. I was feeling pretty down about myself. And I talked to Caitlin about it and she literally was like, Michael, this is not who you are. And you're letting the lies of your former life come in and take root. So stop, stop. She prays, prays over me. I pray over her call out the lies that we see. And then we move on. Like there's been lies about her in school that she didn't think like (laughs) she, there, she gets very stressed out by take test taking or big projects and, um, getting into a master's program is difficult. Um, and there were times where she was like, I'm not going to pass this test. I'm not going to pass this test. And I said, do you believe that God can do anything like he's going to help you pass this test? And every time she'd come back, every time she'd be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I got, I got, I got an A. Like God, like God gave it to me because he true. loves me because I'm his daughter, because I'm his son.
0: Yeah. Well, man, it's when, uh, when Addison's podcast came out, how did you, uh, how did you receive that
1: thing? <laughs> um, in freedom, happy super stoked like i i loved every moment of it um Mm -hmm. but also like what we kind of said earlier that god given like sorrow that like i was there through all of it and Mm -hmm. things that he was like there was stuff brought up in that podcast that i had never heard before and i was like man and like i consider my myself his best friend um so yeah, like sorrow that like, but I know, and he's probably, he's probably going to think the same way. So maybe a little bit, um, we've in freedom, we've had an opportunity to talk about all this now. Um, so like, you know, he probably knows a lot of what I was going to say, but man, I just, I felt so happy and so uplifted for him and where God was leading him in his life and what God is continuing to do in his life. And in anybody's life that I've listened yeah. to, like I've listened to all these podcasts and like, there are so many of them that like literally driving to work and like, I get teary, like just because of what Christ is, are, is doing in people every day. Um, and some people just don't know it yet. Like i shared it with people, um, shared it with family, shared it with friends, um, that it just hasn't clicked with them. And that's okay. It's yeah. God is going to do a work, is, is doing a work in them that's going to come to fruition. That's yeah. going to come to fruition.
0: Let me say this before before we wrap up man and and this is something I've just really recently have been learning and it's about the quality that like you and Caitlin or Addison and Cameron Natalie and I have like in our marriage like what's qualitatively different in your marriage and my marriage and Addie and 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 Cameron's marriage. And the truth is we could do quantitative differences. So like you've been married seven or eight years. I don't know how long Addison's been married. Probably similar. Natalie and I are going on year 14. So quantitatively, like Natalie and I have had more ups and more downs. Okay. We've had more chances for patterns to, of bad and good to be in our marriages. Mm-hmm. But I'm not talking about quantitative, I'm talking about qualitative. What is the difference? And the truth is, let me say this. The truth is the thing that's in common is this. We're all we're all in covenant with each other. Yeah. You're in a covenant with your wife. Yeah. I'm in covenant with my wife. Addison's in covenant with his his wife. And so, in that sense, there is no difference. Like, our marriage, like, the old, our old selves are gone. And all those old former patterns, like your gaslighting, my self centeredness, Addison's addiction, like, all of those things are gone and they're no longer, we don't identify with those things anymore. And if you want a chance to, to get bogged down in the weeds again, start comparing marriage even in freedom. Yeah. Like, well, we're supposed to be this much further along because we're free, and and Addison, he's free, and and Rich is free, or whoever. And and this, I'm just learning this, bro. Like, we don't compare like that because the truth is the thing that we all have in common is the thing that makes marriage marriage, and that is covenant.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we are in covenant with each other because. We are now in covenant with God. We've been grafted into this covenant with him. He will never leave us or forsake us. And that is, like you were saying earlier, you really loved your wife in a certain way. And as, like, we haven't really kind of wrapped up where your marriage is at. But now, because you have this quality of covenant, like covenant is what your marriage is about. It's the thing that makes marriage. What marriage is, and it's what you have with your wife. And now you get to love her, bro. You just get to love her. She's the recipient of love because God has loved you so well. And so I just want to encourage you and anybody who's listening, like if we're out here comparing marriages, like, well, I'm supposed to be this far along, or I'm supposed to understand this by now, or I fell here. Like the thing that's making you and your spouse, you and your spouse is covenant. And because you are in covenant with God, like just start, just be, and know, yeah, this thing is us. Yeah, because we're us. Does that make sense, bro?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I want to add to that, even outside of marriage, because I do want to get back to marriage, but even outside of marriage, the temptation to compare spirituality to each other is a lie that the devil tries to use to make us feel less than. So in freedom, anyone listening to this, I don't want you to ever compare yourself to somebody else that's walking out in Christ's freedom because Christ has put a path before you that no one else is going to walk Mm. no one it's yours alone Mm. and it's not going to look like my personal path Rich it's not going to look like your path but so many times we look at other people's path and it's like why am I not there it doesn't even mean that one of us is ahead of the other person we're literally all just walking this out together holding each other's hand like yeah, maturing through Christ. Yeah. Maturing through Christ together and outside inside of marriage, outside of marriage, whether you're married or not, just like put that lie of comparing to death. Like, because it's something that I've learned too recently, like through social media and through, I don't have it, but like you still can, it still kind of works its way in. Um, comparing is just something that is trying to drive a wedge again between individuals around you. And drive a wedge in your true identity in Christ. So don't do it. Don't do it.
0: Absolutely, brother. Yeah, we just. Um, there is no more comparison. None. We are. We're all growing in maturity, and if somebody can encourage you because they've experienced something, then take that blessing from them. Yeah. And if you're able to encourage somebody, take. Be a blessing to somebody else. So now that's super powerful. So, man your story is beautiful because it's, you were saying all of our stories are different Mm -hmm. and, but in this way they're all the same. And I feel like I say this at the end of every single podcast, but you've really been loved. Like before you're, you're out here crying in the barn, you're making these promises because you didn't know what God had done to sin by becoming it in his flesh and putting it to death. Right. You're, you're still wrestling with this thing. And the truth is like, You've been loved enough. You don't have to wrestle against sin. It has been defeated. Victory is a gift, not a reward for your hard wrestling. It's a gift. And uh I see you've been loved, bro. Yeah,
1: and I don't have to do anything about it. Um I do kind of want to jump back to marriage real quick before we fully wrap it up. Yeah. Like in and I know it's been mentioned in other podcasts so I'm not going to go into it that much, but our marriage now is so much more focus on unselfishly loving each other with the love that God has given that having expectations are for what other, the other person should be doing or what I should be doing or what I need to do to earn love or what she needs to do to earn my love gone because she has my love because I have God's love.
0: That's beautiful, dude.
1: Like, like we, we have had many conversations since Freedom about like again, like in in with a godly sorrow, like you said, I love that word now, I'm gonna be using it. Um
0: Yeah, man, that's Second Corinthians seven, by the way. Thank you. Check that I'm out. Check 2 that Corinthians out. seven,
1: yeah. Um we have had a lot of conversations that were like, man, like if we could have done it all over again, like what would it have what would it have looked like? You know? Yeah. Would we even be together? Um if we were thinking straight and not like young teenagers or young adults, like, would we even be married? But the reality is none of that matters because God meant all of that bad for uh-huh. good to bring wow. us up into his freedom. Like
0: it, it, it outside of freedom, bro. Marriage is a crap shoot. Yeah, it really is. It's like, you don't know this person as well as you think, you know, them, but you're rolling the dice that in five, three, five, one, three, five years down the line, that you guys won't have changed en- enough to like not be attracted to each other and not vibe with each other. And it really is a roll of the dice because yeah. the version of you at age 22, 23, 24 is not that version of you at age 28, 29, 30. So you're just like hoping like that maybe the, the dice roll well enough that you guys aren't too different, that you are won't grow apart, right? Yeah. And in freedom, all marriages is beautiful. Yeah. Like, it was created to be beautiful. It was created to bless. Some people are like, they're like, marriage is not for happiness. It's for holiness. Um, okay. Like, marriage, (laughs) like, you are holy. You have been made holy. And you are becoming holy. So be holy and be that person in your marriage. Like, they make it out like marriage is like your cross to bear so that God's going to turn you into this thing. Like, there's plenty of opportunity, but...
1: Personal experience <laughs> says that uh, don't use marriage to become holy. It, it is not going to work, bro. <laughs> not going to no. work. You're let him holy. make you holy,
0: bro. Let Like, he... He is sanctifying us and has sanctified us. Mm-hmm. He has always had you in mind to be holy and blameless before him. And so let the gospel change you and let the reflection of that be your marriage. Like... Marriage, like you were saying, marriage doesn't change you. It reveals who you are. Like, hard things are just hard. Like, Romans 5 says that all of these things work together for good, or not all these things work together for good, that God is building your character and molding your character through hard things because the Holy Spirit has been poured out to you in love. Mm -hmm. That's why... Like, we praise the Lord through hard things. Mm-hmm. Not because the hard things are changing us, but because the Holy Spirit has changed us. And in going through those things, we grow into what's already true about us. I hope that makes sense, bro. Oh, it does. So, No, nah, man, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, You're a, a blessing and a testimony to all of us. We were kind of walking with Addison a little bit when he started telling us about, like, what had been going on. And, like, when he pops on, he's like, yo! <laughs> like... Bam, like my, bro, my bro's a different dude. We're, we're just all praising the Lord. So you're a testimony to us, man.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate um you giving me the chance to come out and share my testimony. Um, I, I do want to wrap up. I've been uh going, like trying to like find new music and like, man, Christian music means so much more to me now in freedom. Um, But man, I've been really loving this song Um, that kind of goes kind of, I say it kind of wraps up my testimony uh-huh. um, and loved by you by unspoken uh, by I you. love this song uh, and there's a, the chorus says this and I, I just I want anybody listening to just really truly let this be you I don't have to battle and try and struggle and strive to be loved by you oh God you have opened my eyes to recognize that I'm already loved by you don't struggle, don't strive. Let them love you. Got me singing like glory, yeah, it got me telling my story.
0: Know that your love is pouring on me, uh, and love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends, more than life, more than me, more than just pretend. You can feel freedom from within, freedom fly, be the child that you've always been. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We would love it if you could share this so that people could hear uh, more of these stories. And a way you can do that is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating. If if you give us less than a five star, I'm inclined to believe that you're not really rocking with us. So give us a five star rating and, and throw a comment in there. If you're going to talk about us on social media, go ahead and use the hashtag Death to Life. And let's get that hashtag going. This podcast is a production of Love Reality. And if you want more information about Love Reality, go ahead and check us out at lovereality.org. This show is produced by Tyler Morrison and Katie Pruscia. The sound and editing is done by Addison Collingsworth and Eddie Cornejo. And then the Johnny on the spot is Annabelle Harper. And the artwork is done by Felix Gassman. Thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank you.